0: Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Ronnie. Hey, Brittany.
1: So today I want to talk about something. It's an idea I actually got from an article that's in uh, one of the Tuttle Twins uh, like magazines that goes out, I'm sh- and I'm sure all our <laughs> listeners have those. I would be surprised if you didn't. But it's we've a been great talking magazine. magazine. You it's should a get great it. Magazine. I agree. But we've been talking a lot. There was one issue that was a lot about AI, which stands for artificial intelligence, right? And that's like mm-hmm. sometimes people will refer to that as like a robot or a computer AI or things like um, self-driving cars, which you know Teslas are self-driving cars, and those are happening more and more. Things like um, even like when you go to the self-checkout at a grocery store and you can do like scan the groceries, or when you put like. If you go to fast food restaurants ever and you can put in your order, things like that. Like all those are examples of AI. It's computers doing things that humans traditionally did, like check you out at a grocery store or take oh. your food order. And because of that, people are very worried that the robots are going to replace humans, right? And to be fair, there are a lot of jobs that they will replace, right? I don't. I think it would be dishonest if we pretended that there was no fear of that. Um, there's a guy, and we've talked about this, I think years ago on the podcast name, um, not F.A. Hayek. I almost got my economist wrong. Henry (laughs) Hazlitt, who's actually not an economist. He was a journalist who wrote about economics, which I appreciate because I was a journalist who wrote about economics, but was not an economist. He wrote a book called Economics in One Lesson. And it's very, very good. It's like, it's like the, the everything you want to know about economics in one short and easy to understand book. So highly recommend that. And he had a chapter called The Curse of the Machinery. And it talks about the industrial revolution, which we're going to do an episode on here shortly in a couple weeks. But that was when like machines were invented, right? And people were freaking out because, for example, people that used to sew stockings like socks, they used to do it by hand. And then all of a sudden these machines were coming in and they were sewing stockings and people were freaking out because they're like, well, what are we going to do for work? And they got so bad. You guys, there was riots. People were burning down like the machines and it turned into this like crazy chaotic thing. Well, as it turns out, yes, some jobs were replaced in the beginning. It it, it was a little bit of a, a timer they had to adjust, and then a couple years later, there were actually more stocking sewers than there were before the industrial revolution. So, they, we kind of say like the was market that, corrected. Say that again. Why was that? Why were there more stocking sewers? Just it, the market kind of corrected, right? It was able. They were able to produce things quicker, but they were able, also able to have um, like it just. It all balanced out, right? There were other jobs. So like they were in the same industry. Maybe they were doing the exact same thing or they found different jobs for them. So it's it's really cool that happens. And the whole point of this chapter was to not be completely scared when machines, there was no robots back when he wrote the book, start start taking some of these jobs, right? So why am I talking about all this? Well, I want to talk about this fear that humans are going to be replaced by robots and it's funny because this was all something I've I've talked about a lot and I've always been like, oh, people don't need to be scared, blah, 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 Henry Hazlitt, until chat GPT came along, which is a <laughs> the that can write. whole thing. <laughs> and yes. then I started getting very scared. And I think, Ronnie, you and I see it a little differently because I've been scared. I was scared until Connor, actually. It was after we recorded an episode. He's like, you got to try this new thing. And at first, I'm like, get that away from me, Connor. This thing's going to steal my job. And I'm like, oh, now I'm turning into the... The people that don't like AI, uh, <laughs> but I've started actually really liking to use it for some of the things I write. Not not all of it, and in fact, I write a lot of legal, like about constitutional law, and it got a lot of things wrong. And so I was like, mm-hmm. "Not coming for my job yet." <laughs> but I bring this up, all this, to say what what does it mean to be human, right? Because we're worried about these these computers replacing us, but can you ever really replace a human? And I don't just mean in work, but in general, like because because we see like AI is making paint, like pictures now, right? They're creating pictures. Yeah. yeah, it can create music. It can do all this stuff. So, what does that mean then if it can do all these things humans do? So, Ronnie, I want to throw it to you <laughs> and just ask you, what to, do you think? To you, to Ronnie, what does it mean to be a human being?
0: Well, um, first, I'm glad you brought up uh, Chat GPT because yes, I I tend to be a little bit more. I still have not. Been won over by it, and for me the biggest, and this this gets to what I think is the difference of being human, um, is because when I think of GPT, Chat GPT, uh, my first question was, where is it, where is it getting all of its input from? And so my f- fear, worry, I guess, is that, you know, whoever controls the input. By the input, I mean the information that the chatbot is using to produce its works. Whoever controls that information, they're controlling what people believe to be true. Now, for you, you, Brittany, you might be able to read something that it spits out on constitutional law and know that it's wrong. But how do you know that it's wrong? You know that it's wrong probably because you've done your own study before and you have your own previous knowledge. Well, if you've grown up learning... That you can ask chat GPT for anything, just like if you've grown up learning that you asked Google to tell you everything, then you're going to be less likely to be able to know if chat GPT spits out something that's wrong. So if it later spits out something on constitutional law that is incorrect, you're not going to be able to know. And so... That's my fear of that, but I think it also is what ties us into it, what makes us human. Is because humans, we have. I know a lot of people like to say, you know, we have sentience. Which
1: um, I'm gonna get to. I'm gonna get to that <laughs> word in a minute. So yes, don't.
0: That's, that's a big me. word. <laughs> uh, so I'll let you explain that, but. I also think that's something that's really important about being human is humans have an ability to reason outside of the box, meaning that we can think in ways that are not just based off of inputs that have been programmed into our head. Um, Even the most intelligent chatbot right now is being able to produce things that look very human but it's only ever responding to inputs that it was programmed with. It can't actually piece together information on the By own. humans,
1: which I think is interesting. Programmed – you know, humans had to program it. So mm-hmm. it's like it, it couldn't even exist. Just,
0: yeah, but even if humans programmed it, it's even still – it's going – it's only ever able to base anything off of whatever it's been programmed with. But individual humans, we can take – an idea way over here and an idea way over here that should have nothing to do with each other and being able to put that together. Um, it's a kind of logical reasoning. Um, One day I'll talk about this, but it could be either called uh, inductive reasoning or abductive reasoning, which is a kind of reasoning that's different than computers use, which computers use mostly deductive reasoning. Uh, But anyways, that's my very long answer to say.
1: (laughs) Well, Uh, it's funny because we're going to go into two different things because you said it's more reasoning and I'm going to what some people would consider the opposite of reasoning and I'm going to go into what I think is what it means to be human and that is feeling.
0: Well, how about think of creativity? Because I think there is some thinking ability, maybe not reason, thinking. Okay. Okay. Well, so we'll we'll tie these two together. So let's first okay. talk about the
1: word sentient. So computers or AI is not sentient, at least not yet. So mm-hmm. sentient. Now, sentient means to feel, and I'm going to give you a fun way to remember this. So sent, that's S-E-N-T. So let's think of some other words. Sentimental is one that comes to mind. If something is sentimental to you, that means it brings up like emotions. It makes you feel something. Um, oh, there was another one I was thinking of. Now I just lost it. So sentimental um, –
0: like got just I sense, like a smell, like it's a that's feeling? because it's, oh, s- it's different.
1: A- C-E-N-T. So we're, okay. we're talking about okay. root words here. And so S-E-N-T is going to be the root word of sentient. So that's because the Latin root of sentient, S-E-N-T, actually means to feel. Okay, oh, so to feel. Okay. So something is sentimental because it makes you feel an emotion. That's literally what sentimental means. And I'm so mad I couldn't think of the other one that I was like practicing. But so that's that can help you remember what sentient is. Sentient is to feel. So the thing that humans can do – that robots cannot do is they can feel, right? And the thing I want to get into about is more like art. So I've talked about that there are AI bots that can that can create, you know, paintings and drawings and, and they're good, but here's the thing that gets me. It can't feel. And art is this. Art is like what happens when a human being feels so much, they have to express that feeling, right? You know, I'm I'm a singer and I'm a writer and I do those things when I feel so overcome by emotion or by a feeling whether it's good or bad that I have to express that to the rest of the world. And that's something that a, a computer just can't do, right? So let's say that there is a program again that can make a picture and it's this picture you say make a picture of a sunset and the computer, you know, spits that out. Well, imagine the difference between the computer just, you know, sweeping the internet and finding pictures of what a sunset looks like or a painter who painted the sunset because he woke up early – I guess sunrise. Let's go sunrise. He woke up early in the morning. Maybe he was like at the beach and he looks out and like this beautiful sunset makes him feel something. I think that's going to be a better piece of art because there's feeling.
0: Now, another thing, and this is one of my oh, wait favorites. Can I jump in super fast just about art, yes. um, about AI art? So if any of you guys get the title Times Magazine, the February issue, you can look back and find it. It has – oh bunch of AI art and you can see if you type in a phrase uh, what the computer spits out and it's very weird some of the like human images that the AI art spits out but so I'm just saying like if you guys have the magazine go check it out you can have an illustration if you don't
1: have the magazine, you gotta go. better go get it, huh? Yeah.
0: <laughs> the last thing I'll say before we wrap up, and this is one of my
1: favorite stories, and it goes back to, I think, what it means to be human versus what it means to be AI, and that's music. So I'm a musician, and um, I play the piano, and I sing, and I can play just about any instrument I pick up. Not super well, but I can play things by ear. So Beethoven is an incredibly – he's a great um, composer, was a great composer. Now, Beethoven went deaf. Well, and he was already like he was he could born and he could, or when he was born, he could hear. So this wasn't something he was born with. So he wrote his ninth symphony when he knew he was going deaf. And if you hear it, he actually wrote the music to make it sound like something was pounding on the door. And, and that's the one that goes, dun, 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 dun If you've heard that one, I'm sure you have. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So what that was supposed to symbolize is that was actually supposed to symbolize his the his not, I don't want to call it an illness, but the loss of hearing, like coming mm-hmm. to get him and him running away from it because him saying like, no, I don't want to deal with it. And if you listen to the song, the da, 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 it actually kind of sounds like someone is running from someone's mm-hmm. like encountering this. And the reason is, is because you can feel how he felt when he wrote that song. You can feel it in the words. Now you can tell a computer. Make a happy song and it will use, you know, beats and notes it knows are happy, but it can't replicate the human experience, right? It can't replicate the feelings you feel when you experience something firsthand because it just can't do that. It is not sentient. So when I think about what it means to be human. I think of how great it is that we can feel sometimes too much. Sometimes I'm like, oh man. <laughs> but that's what I think is one of the primary differences is what it means to be human is to feel. So we are out of time, but like Ronnie said, please get our magazine because yeah. I think that February issue is so fun because it's all about this topic and, and open-ended, right? We're not saying one thing or another. We're just kind of like bringing up good points for you guys to discuss because I know like Ronnie and I- and We have different opinions we, on this. Have, I'm like- <laughs> let's go chat GPT. And I know you're a little, actually sometimes a little worried about it. We'll see what happens. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast and we will talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you later.
0: You've been listening to the way the world works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.